This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Terrace here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. So with me is my buddy, my coach, my pal, the man with the plan, the guy who's actually ready for this pod today because his 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 son, his 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 the 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 the, the player that he loves the most Uh-oh. is 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 saying that he doesn't want to play for the 76ers. He came out and said that today. Adrian Wojnarowski broke that news, and we got him right here with us today. We got John Malika on the pod, my guy. My man, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. A little, a little Benji Simmons spiciness, just uh, like 10 days away from training camp, which is awesome. Uh, but I'm, I'm good, man. It, it's uh, We are officially in the fall, dude. So, you know, it's end of September. Football's rocking. I smell playoff baseball. Basketball's coming back. Like Everything's good on my side, man. What's up with you? How are you? How are your cats, dude? Yeah. Yeah, we want to go down this question. We really want to go down this road. It's uh, it's it's funny because it's uh, cat quarantine. It's like quarantine within a quarantine. It's hilarious. I don't know how. It's I guess just like the best I can describe it. So we've at for for everyone who doesn't know, cat our my cat's got a ringworm. So you have to quarantine them so that way it doesn't spread the spores and all that stuff around the house. Very methodical process that goes into this and. Um, we, we essentially created a makeshift pen with the living room and the kitchen, just the way the flow of the like, house works. So that way they yeah. can still get to the litter box and stuff. But it's comical, man. I walk around this house <laughs> and it's like a little depressing. It's a little comical. But, you know, life goes on. We love the cats. We, we're trying to make sure they're uh, on the mend so that way they can just be uh, cute, fun, cuddly, playful, all that type of stuff. <laughs> so hopefully, uh, you know, in the next uh, month or so, they're, they're done and we can just go back to our normal everyday lives. <laughs> what, what, what comes first? A Knicks win? A Jets win or your cats being all good to go? Wow. Uh, I'll take the Knicks win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Jets are playing on Sunday. What are we talking about? Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. If I don't know what we're going to get. I don't know if we're going to get okay, Zach Wilson from game one, four interceptions. <laughs> uh, my, my heart's still in my throat. Actually, my, if after this game, if I see another four picks, it's going to be out of my body. I'm going to be dragging that thing up and down the street. So... I'm gonna go with the Knicks as like it's funny. I have to go with the Knicks as the safe option. That's the that's yeah, the cra- that's what tough. world are we in? Yeah, um, <laughs> we are. This is a Knicks podcast. We got quite a few things to talk, to talk about today, John. So let's get into it. Um, let's start off with the first topic. Ian Begley interviewed uh, our boy Ian Julius Begs, our Randall. Boy. Well, I would say our boy, but the man still has me blocked on Twitter. So whatever. Julius oh. Randall, if you're hearing this, you know what it is. Please, please unblock me because I am sorry for whatever I did. You have completely turned around. This is my <laughs> plea to you. But Ian Begley interviewed Julius Randall, kind of went up and down the slate of like, if he's ready for the season, you know, if he, how did the Knicks feel about the Trey Young being at MSG for WWE? Um, what's he, what's his thought on RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson? And so, you know, I guess the, the first thing I would start on, cause it was the first question is that, how did the Knicks feel about Trey Young being at MSG and the whole game, the riling of the crowd and everything? And 
Julius's response is like, we don't care. Um, yeah. Don't really think of it that's, that way. Uh, like, you know, they, he said, Stephen hey, a it's so like, funny. The Stephen A. It's, gif is perfect. Like, that, that's the only answer I have here. Like, you <laughs> know what? We don't. I, really, <laughs> I really need to get the soundboard going because I really need this stuff to play just yeah. like, because we really don't care. I mean, I, even I saw that. I was like, all right, whatever. Like, I'm not even a big WWE fan, but to see, like, I think you said it too. I think you said it. No, 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 no. I was, was actually it was on the Knicks Home School podcast. It was Jer- Jeremy Cohen who said that this is just a way to, you know, amplify the rivalry and just create something yeah. that, you know, because the Knicks haven't been relevant for 10, 10 years, right? We haven't been there or not 10 years, but eight, eight some odd years. They haven't been in the playoffs, 2012, 2013, that time, you know. And so this is just something to like placate on, just really work and get the fans going, get everyone like riled up for basketball season. You know, there has to be some talks like, hey, we're doing this MSG. You know who would really rile up Knicks fans who are probably going to be there because it's in New York? Trey Young. And it's like, oh, yeah, good idea. Let's just mark it all up. So I'm asking you, John, I don't care. What did you, and I'm guessing you don't care either about it, right? Because you just said Stephen A. Gift. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm happy for Trey Young, to be honest with you. I think he's living his best life. He's really embracing, you know, this Reggie Miller villain role, as mm-hmm. he should. I mean, the Hawks got their Christmas game at noon, you know, in the garden. Trey Young, you know, he, he killed, he got the buzzer beater and then he, you know, he, he took the series with a gentleman's sweep in the garden. I mean, he, he, he practically owns us. So. Or at least last year, right? He was about to beat us in the regular season too, that fourth seed game where we clinched a fourth seed, but he got hurt and it was fortunate for us. So I, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy that he's embracing, you know, the role. Do I care that about the WWE appearance? No, he could have a great time. Mess. He can go enjoy Billy Joel concerts as he wishes. He can, you know what I'm saying? He can go have fun, you know, watching some Harlem Globetrotters does not bother me. All I know is. Hawks, Knicks, I'm ready for it. And I think the Knicks are going to be ready for them as well. Oh, for sure. I think that's what Julius Randle is, you know, ready for as well. You know, you hear how Julius is preparing for the season throughout the interview too. And you hear, you know, him talk about RJ Barrett and that he thinks RJ Barrett is going to be a really good player in this league, Um, which, you know, actually now let's, let's go into Mitch first and then we'll save RJ because that'll be a good getting into the next, next topic. So he, Randle does mention Mitch. Uh, Mitch is, He's mentions Mitch has gotten stronger. Mitch is ready for this season. Um, oh yeah, my most improved I'm, player. That that is your most improved player. The guy who you said needs to be our most improved player. I'm excited, man. I mean, this. I'm going to take it from a guy who practices with Mitch and sees Mitch train on the on the daily. Um, to take that as confidence. Not you know, I don't. It's hard when you listen to coaches who. Actually, I don't know because Thibodeau was pretty honest last season about Mitch. So if Thibodeau says something about Mitch saying that he looks good, I would trust Thibodeau too. Cause I guess where I would stand is like front office and others, like just hyping it up. Like you and I both watched like one jets drive and all that stuff. And they like to placate and hype up the fan base of the players and whatnot. Yeah, well, and this episode was sick, but we'll get that's different. So that's, that's for, that's for, that's for another day. Uh, that's for another day. Um, but thinking about Mitch and like hearing it from Randall, I'm encouraged to see him have a bounce back season and to really take that step forward. So, you know, man, I, I don't think we need to go too far into Mitchell Robinson. We've said so much on the previous episodes, whether it was with CP last week, whether it was doing our way too early uh, Knicks awards, right? Mm-hmm. Like Mitch needs We're to be that guy. 
Yeah. Roll over it, bro. Yeah. It's like, we're, this is the time. This is the time we need to see you do it. Be that guy, like rookie year. Like we see the potential. We need to see it now. And I'm excited to see him do it, man. I mean, if you, if you have Julius Randle, who's worked with him every day saying that he looks ready to go, I'm ready to see day one, like game one. Yeah. Regular season. Let's let's here's, get into it. Here's the thing. I, I just want him to not be this super excited guy who maybe not doesn't necessarily know how to play with his new acquired body. Right? You know. Yeah. In in a weird way to put it, I just I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna put bad juju, but I just want him to take it slow. Like all the veterans, all all the players who with longevity, they take it slow. They don't come mm-hmm. in there and sprint and do all this and show and you know try to win in the first you know try to show everything that they did over the over the whole off season in one game or one week so i just hope he takes it easy <laughs> like he doesn't get too excited on the fouls doesn't get too excited you know he stays healthy he stays on the court he doesn't shoot any threes <laughs> you know um actually you know i thought it was funny something that kind of pre- reminded me of mitch but had nothing to do with him actually lebron james was talking about how he thinks it's funny how NBA players spend their offseason working on skills that they are not going to use during the NBA season. And the first person I thought of was Mitch. Mitch, know? yeah. Yeah, shooting threes and dribbling. So I hope he like I hope he grew out of that. We haven't really seen much of that this offseason. No. So um, you know, I'm hoping that the 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 pages uh turned a little bit. But yeah, man, I'm excited for Mitch. Especially because I mean, I, I'm gonna throw it back to you. Uh, the time, time is wait, time is running out. Alex, is he gonna sign that extension? No, I told you, I don't think he's gonna sign that extension. Yeah. I don't think he's gonna sign that. Yeah. I think it's I, gonna he, be has, the next he has to, bro. Yeah, for, for the Knicks' sake, he has to. If I were him, you bet on yourself. You would make more money if you don't. But for the Knicks' sake, and as we are sitting here, we do. We are fans of laundry at the end of the day. <laughs> so I, I, I am hoping that the Knicks do extend Mitch. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it makes things a lot easier because you talk about if he bets on himself, then he can demand more money, right? And if he does really well, he can get more money, and then it may put the Knicks in a bind. At the same time, if he does, there's oh, it's there's so many complicated things that go into it. Um, but hey, we'll see what happens. I think the one thing I will say is that you know, I did see a video of a fan posting like Mitch saying that he could be a point center. I just want to. And be like the first point center in this league. First of all, let's stop that. Jokic is a point center. So that's already been, Giannis is a point center that it's already been here and done that before. Mitch would not be the first. And I do not need to see Mitch bringing up the ball unless it's like in case of emergency situations. Like that, it should be very far few between. Like don't need to see that. Like yeah. as you said, John, like players got to take it slow, got to work on the game that you're going to utilize. And we know Thibodeau wants to use his centers as rim protectors. They're not. You know, that's what uh, Joakim Noah was when he was with the Chicago Bulls. He was a defender. He, you know, he got his points, but dude operated in the paint for most of the time. And when you talk about the game, you know, taking it slow during the game, Mitch doesn't need to block every shot. Mitch doesn't need to do anything spectacular. He needs to let the game come to him like a true athlete does, right? It's playing chess, not checkers. Like Definitely. let what let, let, let the game come to you. Read what the player is doing. Take take those steps. Make those reads. You know, call out call outs, whether it's calling out screens, whether it's telling guys to rotate. Like the center needs to be that defensive anchor, like in yep. this system, right? So that's what Mitch needs to do. Um not asking for a lot. 
Yeah, look at Taj, like that's what Taj did too. So it's not asking for you know the world out of Mitch. We don't need him to be like the LeBron, like a we don't need him to be a Jokic. We don't need him to be Giannis. We just need him to do his job, his role. That we is need to be all. Tyson Chandler. Yeah, seriously, that's what you've yeah. been preaching. That's all we need from him. Um, can he get his block still? Absolutely, but we don't need to see you do that in the first like eight minutes of the game trying to get every single block. It's funny. Someone asked him on Twitter whether or not his now enlarged biceps uh, will <laughs> hinder him from guarding the three-pointer on the pick and roll, and he said no. So Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, what was he going to say? Yes, but, <laughs> but either way. I mean, <laughs> to be real, I mean, like just having strong arms, like it even having stronger arms help you jump because you got to use your arms to jump like mm. physics. So like that may even help him unless like his torso and his like legs are just that much bigger than it's like, he, he needs he know. needs weight on his body. Every time he Absolutely. watches this limp and his injuries, he, need, he needs dude, mass. So I'm, trans- I'm happy with him. I'm excited, dude. Transformation by far from when he came to the league. Now, like he looks like he's oh, a man, yeah. like he was ready to take on like other bona fide center. So that's good. Cause he gets, he gets, he gets bullied around, man. Andre Drummond, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, all these guys were bullying him around. Can't have that at the five. Um, yep. And we saw that happen in New Orleans Noel too. So we need at least our starting center to be able to take these punches. But let's get into R.J. Barrett, man, because that's another guy Julius Randle mentioned uh, that he said R.J. is going to be good. And it just so happens that Sports Illustrated put out a top 100 and R.J. Barrett wasn't on there. But Tyrese Halliburton was. Um, <laughs> shocking. I just don't get this, man. Actually, I do get this. I do get it. I, I do understand <laughs> that the Knicks fan base is a very large fan base. I think ESPN and everybody else out there, even Sports Illustrated, understands that Knicks Twitter is probably one of the most active Twitter fan bases out there. Especially if you send out a yeah, and if you send out a list, you know they even rank Julius Randle forty first on Sports Illustrated top one hundred, which I'm like, dude, just had the most improved second team All NBA, but sure, forty one makes sense. Um, could have put him at least a little bit higher than that. Put him in the 30s. Uh, but yeah, go, sticking with RJ Barrett, this is just a way truly to generate clicks because they know that if you say RJ isn't going to do this, you can get the Knicks fans to react. Also, depending on which publication you read, they love to use the advanced stats saying that finishing around the rim isn't there. His mid range isn't there. You know, his three point shooting did take it, did take a jump up. You know, he's not off the dribble. Like you watch all these things and it's like you, you, they say they critique his game in that matter. But I, I would say back to them for a kid who is averaging 17 points per game, who doesn't have all those things, who did take a major jump in three, isn't that? And who was like the Robin to Julius's Batman and was on a fourth seat, fourth, um, uh, got the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. Does that say something? Like, does that say something about the player? Like, if that's like who you're, if, if Julius Randle's your one, RJ's your two, doesn't that say something for a kid who doesn't have all those tools you're listing out? Like, that has to say something about his talent and that he is so young and that he can truly improve. Like, and you see that. You said it when we had CP on a dude you don't have to worry about because ball is truly life for this kid. Like, he's ready to get better. I don't know, man. I just find it to be very weird. What What do you think about the whole RJ being off the top 100 uh, by Sports Illustrated, all the slander that he gets? I mean, I feel like we come back to this RJ Barrett topic all the time, <laughs> even often, when it's yeah. it, even when it was like last season when it's our own Knicks fans who yeah. have a, who, who have a channel saying, yeah, you know, R, R, 
Yeah, G League RJ Barrett because he's playing Fortnite. I'm like, where did you see this kid playing Fortnite that you're just going to make that assertion that you're saying he's playing Fortnite? Even if he's okay, he can play video games. Yeah, sure. I have nothing against him playing video games, but like Kevin Knox legit had the Fortnite jacket. Like RJ just had a pink suit, looked fly, and he's like, he's like, yo, I'm a Nick, and he's hooping, and he had like a slow start. So, what are your thoughts, man? So the Julius Randle 41. I'm I wasn't that upset by that. No, it's not something to be upset. It's not something to truly yeah, be upset about. It, it but it's like, right. like there was nobody, like there was nobody in front of him that there was nothing egregious about that. That was fine. He could stay in the forties. That's probably where he's at. Uh, to be honest with you, the RJ thing, sure. At, at, at you know, at first glance, Halliburton, he's just he's just sexier. That, that's the best way to put it. Okay, when you watch Halliburton play, he's more fun. He has the ball in his hands. He gets steals. It's just fun. He's fun to watch. RJ Barrett is boring. Okay. He's, I always compare him to Jimmy Butler. Every, nobody liked Jimmy Butler until he was doing stuff in the playoffs. Right. And even then they were like, oh, okay, he's lacking. He's not, he, even though he's able to play good defense, he's still lacking. He's still lacking. And even, uh, maybe the narrative has changed on him a little bit, but you know how it, like it, it took that, you know, that one playoff run for people mm-hmm. to really get on board. That's what it's going to take for RJ. Why that's not the case with Halliburton, I don't know. I don't really care. We could say it's a mix for clicks. We could say it's because he he's sexy and he gets those you know he gets those steals on defense. You know what I mean? He is annoying. If I'm a guard going up and playing against Halliburton, I'm kind of worried that he's gonna you know take cookies from me. You know, and sometimes I dribble too, and he's gonna play the passing lane. If I'm going up against RJ, I'm like, all right, I'm going to score 12 buckets, but I'm going to catch elbows. You know, I'm going to catch 12 points, but I'm going to catch elbows for it. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be hard fought. Maybe I'll catch 15. Maybe I'll catch eight, but it's going to be hard fought. So it's, it's just really, they're really different. They're really, no, there's no comparison for me, for them. So uh, uh, it's fine, dude. I don't care. I don't care what list RJ's on. I just need it to be on the playoff list. I just need the Knicks to make the playoffs. I need him to be a legitimate starter and I want him to be creeping up on all-star on the, on the all-star votes. Like he, he, he really should be creeping up there. Like if he doesn't make it, no problem because there are bona fide superstars ahead of him, but he really needs to be in the conversation. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. Um, I think when you say like RJ being boring, it kind of reminds me of like Paul Pierce too, you know, like he was called the truth, but he didn't do anything necessarily flashy. To be like, oh wow! Like, if I want to go see some crazy highlights, let me go pull some Paul Pierce. It's just a free throw. It's just a, it's just a corner free throw, and the fadeaway <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, but the, and that's really it. It's like he's very simple. He has a very basic game. Same thing with Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan didn't have anything flashy, but got the job done. Like the I'm glass. not throwing out. Yeah, off the glass. I just, I just think about the the posting up, the turnaround off the glass. Mr. Uh, fundamental. Yeah, Mr. Fun. Like, and that's what RJ is. He's Yep. fundamental and that's you know it's not sexy it is what you said boring but fundamentals still wins games that's what the knicks need man yeah, yeah the knicks and need that it. boring like we need rj barrett that's that's what's so crazy about any knicks i understand outside slander and i, I don't really even care to exhaust that topic any longer but mm-hmm. the internal rj conflict that's what bothers me from knicks fans yes he's exactly what we need if you were to get rid of RJ Barrett, you would need to replace him with a better version of RJ Barrett. Like, you know what I'm saying? If yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you know, tr- 
get rid of RJ Barrett to get a Halliburton. That's that's just not the case. You need you would get rid of RJ to get a Jimmy Butler. And if you told me you're gonna get rid of RJ to get DeRozan, I would say no. So I, I you know I I think he is starting to creep up. He's starting to improve. And it's just a show me league, man. It's just a show me league. The the two guys that we we've, we've discussed so far, Randall and RJ. Sure, they had decent years last year. You you made the fourth seed. You lost in the playoffs. You got gentlemen swept, and no one believes in you that you can do it again. You won all these awards. Most improved player, coach of the year. You had a ridiculous season. Do it again. Like, run it back. You, you signed your players, run it back. So that's all it's going to take, man. We just got to prove it on the court. Yeah, no, and that's what he's got to do. He's proved it on the court. You'll get on the top 100, and I think this is just good fuel for him, you know? He has that... um you know, whether it was like the New York Post writing about how RJ was really into the last dance when the NBA shut down. And who was just, it? Yeah, no, who was it? I mean, I, love, I still throw that thing on repeat sometimes just because it's so great, man. It's like truly like Dude, the, uh, the, the All-Star Game episode and the, and the Shoes episode. Oh, man. That, Dude, that 98 All-Star good. Game I had on VHS. I watched it so many times. My dad makes fun of me until this day because I watched it so many <laughs> times. And like it like cut off. Like that Garnett to uh, Kobe, oh, Ali, I watched it 10 million times. Anyway. But anyway, no, like you just <laughs> hear the mentalities there. And you, like, I think of that, like Jordan, Jimmy Butler, Giannis, like all these guys who just want to be great, right? That mentality of just like thriving for greatness. Does, is he going to have, does he have the talent to be one of the greatest? That is a TBD. I'm not going to say yes. I'm not going to say no, because that is a book for him to finish. Um, but to have that mentality alone and to have the work ethic, that takes you a long way. And he does have talent. And I think that he just needs to get that respect. But as you said, make some noise in the playoffs, show what you can do. Uh, he had a quiet playoffs and things will start turning in his direction. But I think he wants more rings and he cares about being on lists. So hopefully yeah. that comes to more fruition. I agree. And just a last note, because we are... I mean, we're talking about Sports Illustrated. We got to talk about our girl, Ashley Moss, and we got to talk about her conversation with uh, Lundberg and how he was saying that Tim Hardaway Jr. is better yeah, than no. R.J. Barrett. That's bonkers. What's happening, bro? What's happening? This is what I'm saying. Like, Tim Hardaway Jr.? Like, <laughs> what are we talking Tyrese about? Tyrese Halliburton? If, if the Knicks got rid of R.J. Barrett for <laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr., I would actually I'm, have, a, I would have a crisis. I would, Bro, if they, if they like think about that, just like let's stop and think about that trade right right now. Like you're saying, Tim Hardaway Jr. is better than R.J. Barrett. If you could say with a straight face that you would straight up trade Tim Hardaway Jr. for R.J. Barrett, you don't watch basketball, you don't know nothing, you just don't watch the Knicks, and you just hate the Knicks. Get out of my face with he that nonsense. Trigger, I don't. I don't. He knows how to trigger the base. Yeah, because guess what? He's like he's like a Nets fan. He did all. I'm pretty sure yeah. he even used to cover the Knicks for some for a portion of the time too. If I'm, if I'm correct. So yeah, everyone, everyone's got something to say about the Knicks because everyone's time who was covering the Knicks when they were bad is just a sour taste in their mouth. Um, but, and also they were they're not, e- and it's also not easy. Uh, they're not, you know, during that time, the Knicks organization wasn't actually good, easy with the media either. So I get, I get the dislike. Yeah, and we, exactly. you can listen There's to that. You can, yeah. And you can listen through that through shattered. Even, even Chuck D mentioned some of that. So we, it's, it's out there. It's not, it's not hidden, you know? Um, even the Frank Isola story of being followed by some of James Dolan's guys. Like you just start Old to Frankie hear Isola. Oh man, I it's, it's sad that I have to bring that name up, but that's I love him. part of the story. I, love Frank, yeah. uh, I would I honestly love Frank Isola. 
he is New York media to me. He is. He no, he truly is. Media. He truly, he truly is. He pulls, he pulls out. We need that, him. We need, he's need like, him he, for the, for the, you know, for the timeline to exist. He's like the true Italian man. Brings out the wooden spoon to get ready to stir that <laughs> yeah. big ass pot. <laughs> yeah. You know what yes. it is. You know what it is. Yeah. Hey, no, talk, talk about stirring the pot, dude. And Tim Hardaway Jr. And these bizarro Knicks, dude. These bizarro Knicks out in Dallas. It's <laughs> a, another team. This is my team, but just in a different color. Like, I know so this is a weird. Knicks podcast, but I was I was watching the Carolina Panthers games. Oh my goodness! Like, I just feel like I'm watching the Jets and uh, and like, you know throwing to no name, you know slot white wide receivers. Like Barrios is on the Panthers, by the way. Like, this is a different version of him, but that's a different story. And I feel like that's exactly what's happening in Dallas, man. They got KP, they got Hardaway, now they got Trey Burke. Boy, Trey Burke, oh yeah, is he still on the squad? He's still on the squad. They got wow. Reggie Bullock. They, they got, got Frank. Bullock. They got they now got Frank, Frank Nilakina. <laughs> and did you hear? And did you hear the the, the latest news is uh, Dennis Smith Jr. wants to come back to Dallas because Carlisle. No way! Gone. Oh, yeah. just what? What is yeah, going has, on here? Their beef was with Carlisle. This is interesting, man. This is very what interesting. Do you, what do you think about the bizarre mix out in Dallas, man? We even got the blue, but they changed orange for silver. <laughs> That's really the only difference. No, it really is like the Bizarro Knicks. Just it truly is like <laughs> Spider Man. Like, Where's the Spider Man meme? Well. Like everything I read about, you know, the new developments, which seemingly come every couple of weeks for Noel and his lawsuit with uh, Clutch Sports. And there's always it, it's just so funny that the line is the Dallas deal. Like it could have been any other team, man. Like it's just like now it we really could have been between you know Maryland and Dallas, it's, and then the lawsuit. It's just too much. KP. Hardaway, Bullock, Trey Burke, Frank. I mean, those Nilekina. three are starters, bro. Those first three are the legit starters for the team. It is, it is insane, dude. What's going? I have no idea what's going on. But what are your thoughts, bro? What are your thoughts on Frank? Like the new, the newest acquisition, let's say. Um, right there. Good. Like I said on the last episode, uh, good for him that he's on a team. You know, it took a while. I think guys are just trying to fill out. Teams are at this point just trying to fill out the roster, um, get it all situated for the start of the season. Will he get some minutes? Hope so. Um, you know, I I would like. You going to develop there better than than he did with the Knicks. Well, if we're going to really get into this, all right. So, why, do I think he's going to develop there than he did on the Knicks? I don't know, man. I like. I know that's like a, a boring take. If I'm going to say anything, maybe no. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with no. How about that? Is this a Sam Darnold situation? Is this a Sam Darnold no. Jets situation? No. Because no. Frank is Frank does not now have to be the star. He's just hanging out now. He doesn't have to be the leading point guard. He has one of the best point guards in the league. He has a, a legitimate team. He has an organization behind him. He has a nice owner. Everybody's happy. You know what I'm saying? Everything I, is. He has no taxes. Everything is fantastic <laughs> out in Dallas. This is why it's not like Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is a starter. Sam Darnold, you want to be a cornerstone, like part of that piece of like to your team that you can rely on, that you're going to put the weight on to say, he's going to help carry this team. That is not Frank. Like Frankie, Frankie smokes is not that guy. Um, I like Frank always rooted for Frank. Uh, I always thought the Knicks should have traded him because there was just, it was just clear as day that they didn't, you know, whether it was Steve Mills, Scott Perry, it was just, it was just clear as day. Uh, even David Fisdale, they did not want to utilize him. So just move him, get the assets. And that's really my gripe with the Knicks. But we can get into that because we, I want to get into the, like, Moke's article, honestly. Yeah. Like, because Moke wrote. Former guest really, of the show. Former guest of the show. 
go definitely go check out that episode. Still drop some good do- uh, nuggets in there. Friendly even though it's fr- friend of the pod. Friend of the pod for sure. Um, but we got to be objective, thing, Alex. But we need to like <laughs> we do need to be objective about this piece because in his article he blames the development on the New York Knicks organization during that time period. You can't, and this is prior to Leon Rose, prior to Tom Thibodeau. So we're putting you're putting the microscope on Steve Mills, Scott Perry, David Fisdale, maybe a little bit of Mike Miller, a little bit of Phil Jackson. That's what you're going with, right? Because Phil Jackson was the guy. That's a nice salad, bro. Yeah, it's it's a nice salad that gives you (laughs) diarrhea. Um, That's only food poisoning. Yeah, please. I don't don't give me that. I'll throw it right back at the waiter. Uh, Like Phil Jackson had the idea to utilize him in the old school triangle. Yes, new triangle. Like there's a new deviation of the triangle. Warriors run it. You see other teams run it. Pretty sure the Spurs have run it too. You also see like the Celtics have run it sometimes prior to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Like they you teams do utilize uh parts of the triangle. It's still needed for today. The old school triangle that Phil just essentially needed to be the coach to run it himself because there's no way you're gonna get a coach who doesn't understand the nuances of it to really implement it. It's just not gonna we didn't have the players. Yeah, and we didn't like we didn't really have the roster for it either. That is true. We didn't have the talent. Um but when it comes to Frank. The bulk of the blame I do put on – actually, I don't know if it's bulk of the blame. There's just blame to go all around because Steve Mills, Scott Perry, clearly didn't want this guy. You should trade him. If you're not going to use him, you're not going to get a first-round pick out of him. You think it's clear they don't want this guy? I think it is, man. I mean, I think it is that you know he was brought up dude, in trade rumors. Dude, this guy got the most important possession of game one of the playoffs was in his hands. You know, it's tough but I, that's, to think that that's the organization like doesn't believe in him or like didn't care about him. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm not saying that he didn't believe in. I just think they didn't know how to utilize him. I don't think they wanted to really like invest in him. You know, and I think that's that's true. I think that can be true. I think what also is true is that Frank Nokina didn't also do his best to show in practice that he could be that guy to get on the court and make a difference. Okay. He feels like a, such a practice player to me. He feels like he goes to LA Fitness or the YMCA, drops like sixty points, drops sixty goes, points on your, and then goes like to the, like the NBA, like dresses up, gets like six points and three assists. Like that's a totally but, frank. That's just the vibes he gives me. His position, like the thing that we all knew, is that he wasn't a big guy who drove to the basket. We all knew he was not that fast. Had good vision, good defensively, shot mechanics, needed some work. We all knew that coming in. He was a major project, yeah. major, major project. The question is, did they want to invest and do that? Mm-hmm. Knicks didn't want to do that. First year under, like when he was here with Hornacek, confusing year. Just to, to, it was like, we're trying, we're trying to win. We're trying to get something going on here. KP goes down or like during like close to midway during the season. Nothing works, man. It just, it just didn't work. And then the following season, you have David Fisdell here. Also, did like we just knew that that year was going to be a throw in the towel, stink it up, and he didn't give Frank, in my opinion, enough time to really go out there and just get the mistakes to go learn. I think that's true, but I also think that hey, if you're a basketball player, like you got to be putting in the work that you think is necessary to play the position that you need to get on the court. Um, yeah, I also agree. It's tough, that. man. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I with agree both. with Actually, both, I, do, yeah. I, 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 I do think the Knicks. I do think. The, the reason why Frank isn't better is because of the Knicks. And I really do feel like it's a Sam Donald situation. The only difference is I'm not sure that the Dallas Mavericks are as good as Carolina, but they do have the best 
one of the best players like Christian McCaffrey, they got Luca. You know what I mean? And I feel like they could put some pieces together and they're going to put some games together and they're going to be good. I, I think Frank's going to be good there. I, I truly do. So I don't, I don't I think Moke is going to end up being proven right at the end too. I don't know if it's like the correlation and the causation really go together, right? Cause obviously he's more years in the league. He's with a better team now, he's, you know, and we'll see what happens. He, like you said though, he could even, he could even not make the team. You know what I mean? He was one of the last players to round out the Dallas roster. So he, he could easily not make the squad. We were talking about him going overseas two weeks ago. Yeah. Last week. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it, 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 it I mean, I think just as Knicks fans, we assume the worst, especially with developmental players, because everybody that comes to the Knicks either gets injured or plays terrible and then leaves and becomes amazing. So I think personally, I just have some PTSD, especially because I like Frank uh, as a player and so I wish I. he did develop. So yeah, I just have this, I just have this gut feeling that he's, it's not like Tim Hardaway, right? Where we kind of decided, like we, 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 you know, we both tried really hard. You know, and it didn't work out. It's not like KP where there's animosity. It's the Frank thing is really we failed. Like we failed the Frank. The Frank experiment was a failure for the New York Knicks, and so it's gonna hurt a lot. It's kind of like Sam Darnold. That's why it kind of hurts if the if he does well on the other team, even if you have a replacement here. Like even if Kemba Walker does great, and you know, and even if Zach Wilson does great, you're still like, damn, like he's pretty good. Like we we really did ruin that. Here, here we go. How about this? Because, like, I agree. Here's where I agree. I agree with the fact that the New York Knicks did fail Frank Nilakina. I do agree with that fact. Look, when you bring in a player, you have to have an idea of how he fits into your role, as into your system, right? The Knicks didn't have a system. Like, David Fisdale didn't run a system. Jeff Hornacek tried to run his own system, tried to run the – like, he didn't really have – these two coaches didn't have a system. So then what is Frank's role, right? If you're hiring somebody, right, in a company – you need to know what position you're filling in order for them to succeed. When Frank came in, initial thoughts were point guard because he was a point guard. He was a backup point guard in France. Did he do that here? No. And then the thing was like, oh, by this season, it's that he needed to be a three and D wing. And he was playing point guard last season under Mike Miller. And even though he had flashes of doing a good job with the second unit there, he wasn't truly like a really good point guard. You know what I mean? Not even like a good backup point guard because you need someone who can penetrate and that's just not him. Like six, six drives to the lane is not someone you need. Like, and he's not necessarily like, he doesn't have a crazy layup package. He doesn't, he's not even like a basic layup package, right? He doesn't blow by people. Uh, doesn't really have a floater. Doesn't have any of that type of stuff when get, getting into the lane. So when you're watching him play, you're saying, Oh, this kid's got a nice jumper. This kid's really good at defense. He should be a three D wing. And that's what he really is. He's long. He's lanky. He can walk people up. He can guard one, two, three easily because he's six, six with a, with a, I think close to a seven foot wingspan, if not a seven foot wingspan. Like that's what he should have been. That's the role he was meant to come into in the league. Did he get that position? No, because everyone's like, he's a point guard. We need a point guard. So we need to force him into something that he's not. So that's where I blame the Knicks because they didn't really choose the right position for him to actually develop into and say, this is what you need to be. Okay. You have to have, he's the kid. He's not, he's a, he's came in as he, like what, 18 years old, like 18, 19 years old. Like someone has to tell him what he's going to be. Like he is not going to say, this is what I need to do. He's coming into a different system. Like players change positions too. It's, it's not uncommon. 
Some guys play point guard in college and some become a combo guard in the NBA or a shooting guard. Like that, that, that happens. Mm. That, that happens. Like, so I do blame the Knicks for that. I also blame Frank saying, Hey, you know, you're an NBA player too. Like you're in the league, like figure out what you need to do to either get better at the position they want you to play or get better at stuff that they can utilize you at. Like if you have, like, if you're a good shooter, they will figure out how to get you there on the floor and just shoot. Like those be like, all right, he's not a point guard, but we have a good shooter. So we got to get him out there to shoot. Like if you have a trait that's really good, like defense, super important. He's a dog on defense, but the NBA is so offensively driven that you need an offensive game and he didn't have an offensive game. So that's where I blame him. Like you have to also come in here with an offensive game too. So <laughs> yeah. do I blame the Knicks? Yeah. The Knicks. I don't know who I blame. Maybe I'll go with the Knicks a little bit more because Essentially, you're the parent taking on the kid. Yeah, so maybe you, yeah, like you got to go in there and say, Hey, like at some point, like, but as the, that kid gets older and is part of that system, you got to get wise too. Like, yeah. if you're like, as you get older, you like, no one's like, once you're 18, you know, you're legally 18, like parents can let you out there, depending on the state, right? New York, both your, if one or both your parents have a college degree, they got to take care of you until you're 21. Free legal advice for you people out there. So like, let's say after, <laughs> let's say after, let's say you're after 21, <laughs> right? Say after you're 21. You go into your company. Company's got to develop you. All right. And then it's up to you to figure out, hey, this is yep. not the good role for me. Got time to move on. Same thing as a parent. Like as a kid, like when your parents get to that age and you're like, you go off to college, like you're 18 now. Like I can give you some guidance, but you got to figure it out too. Like I'm not, I can't hold your hand for all four years. Like that's yep. the reality. Yeah. I, 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 I think you hit the nail on the head and. It really is such a seamless transition to how you started this entire podcast, man, because talk about organizations that didn't fulfill their quote unquote ah, promise. Here we didn't, go. They, they didn't really put the player in the position to win. And by last year, now they're talking about switching up positions and moving to that three and D. So it, it kind of feels like the same trajectory. And I'll, I'll actually throw it up to you. And give you the same question just with a different player. What do you think the problem is with Mr. Benjamin Simmons? Do you think it's a Philadelphia 76ers problem? Or do you think it's a Ben Simmons basketball player problem? I think this is exactly transferable, right? Because the difference is that Ben Simmons came in with more talent than Frank. And I, 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 there's, there's a lot of ways I can go with this. Because I think, one, we have to stop comparing young prospects to greats in the NBA. Okay, like it's whether with Brandon Ingram to be the next Kevin Durant or Ben Simmons being just like LeBron James. I get that major media likes to stir the pot, give the major comps so that people can get salivate the mouth, just like and get, like really glue their eyes to like these teams, like whether it was BI on the Lakers, Ben Simmons on the 76ers. Like you want to get these, you want to get viewers glued in. So I get that. I think that's one where we got to stop. Two, where it comes to this, this is where. Actually, I compare this more to like a Mark Sanchez coddling situation, honestly. Mm-hmm. Where I think they, I think the Sixers coddled Ben Simmons for so long, they didn't ask him to do much, and they were trying to. I think Brett Brown was trying to grow him into this role, and I think the organization itself was also conflict. Like they were conflicted with Brett Brown, what Brett Brown was trying to do, because Brett Brown was there from that whole rebuild. He's been there for a long. He was there for a long time. He was there for the whole tanking process, and now. Yeah. The, you know, the process, which is what we're talking about, which yeah. now you get to this point and you're like, you know, Brett Brown always wanted Ben Simmons to shoot. Um, I remember when uh, Ben Simmons was in the playoffs, I think 20, 
what year was that? 2018 when Ben Simmons and Embiid finally make it, they go up against yeah, the Celtics. 19. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 20, it was 20, it was 2018. 2018. Okay. I remember that season. And like you see Ben Simmons, you're like, all right, I could see potential here. You saw potential. You're like, all right, that's cool. Then the next year they took plate off. They took, they all took right. the load off of Ben Simmons. And then you're like, for a 2019, uh, playoff run, they gave him Jimmy Butler and it was put on Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid to do the work. And then Ben was essentially three, four, because you also had JJ Reddick, Tobias yeah. Harris, these guys. So you're not asking much from Ben. And it was, a, that was a good team. You had guys who could shoot, like, granted, ben, Jimmy's not the three point shooter, but you had Reddick, you had, um, you, you jo- Joel was still taking three pointers. You have yeah. Reddick, retire, yeah. retiree Reddick. Yeah, retiree Reddick. And you have all these guys. You got Tobias Harris on that team, too, who's also another shooter. You had good depth on that team. So they took load off ben, They took the load off of Ben Simmons and mm-hmm. essentially coddled him that season. Like, yo, here's your extension. You don't have yeah. to do that much work. Now you get now Jimmy Butler leaves. JJ Redick is gone. That, that was one of the biggest indictments. He's, but he's, that, I feel like he called him soft. He, but, he, but, look, but look, second season, we're talking about the bubble. What did he do? They, they got bounced in the first round. Great at home, terrible on the road. Your yeah. your star players need to show up, man, and that that was an indictment on both Embiid and Simmons for Embiid not being in good shape and Simmons not taking that next step forward for being for getting that rookie extension and not coming in and shooting. I remember going to the Knicks game. I, I remember the first time he shot a three pointer was actually I, I think it was against the New York Knicks, and we still had uh it was Rand. I was at that Thanksgiving that it was after Thanksgiving. I was at MSG. And Ben Simmons hits the three point. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I was sitting next to, I was, it was me and my sister. We were sitting next to the 76ers fans. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is the time he decides to hit a three? Like, really, right now? Um, it's so funny. Not, those those pops did, are always classic, whether or not Ben Simmons is going to hit a three in the game. It's like always like plus 500. If it's against the Knicks, always put it, always, always take it. Um, <laughs> but I just think of that, right? And then like they didn't do, he didn't do much. That's like they played well. Okay. On, they were bad on the road, good at home. You didn't get much. Now this season, right? You're relying on your two guys again. And then what happened? Like, look, you, you get, you gave him shooters. You gave him Seth Curry. Tobias Harris is still there. You gave him Danny Green. You have Joel Embiid, who's, who takes three pointers instead of Ben Simmons. And he's your point guard. All they're asking you to do is shoot the three, be good at the free throw line. And you're not even doing that your first year into your rookie extension. <laughs> so at that point, that's where I blame Ben Simmons as the player saying, hey, you've been in this league now for a long time. You know what it takes to be good, okay? Yeah. You see yeah, what you everyone got, else is doing. You got to hit like, a three, bro. You got you you to step, step up. People play 13 feet away from you. You can't yeah. do it. I, I agree. But do you, but do you think but – th- but let me ask you this, because I didn't really touch on the organization. Do you think the, do you think the 76ers failed? So as much as there are similarities between the Knicks and the Sixers, at least the Sixers gave him players. Like, like he got Embiid. You got Tobias Harris. You got a stint with Jimmy Butler. It looks like they tried to get Kyle Lowry even. I know that's at the end, but they got JJ Redick in there. Like, those are players, man. We just got Kemba Walker. We're jumping up and down with joy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it, you got to, you know, we got Derrick Rose, you know, running our team. We, we literally lived and died by Derrick Rose in the playoffs. So it, I don't think that we are in the same boat in that aspect. I think the Sixers definitely took care of. Simmons more in that way. And so for me, it, this is more of a Simmons problem, man. He can't get away with, he can't get along with Embiid. I get it personally, 
but you just can't have that happen. It's his team. It's his city. He, he took it over. I think at one point they were kind of neck and neck between who's yeah. going to be able to, you know, almost like a Shaq and Kobe situation. Mm-hmm. And Ben Simmons lost. And it's probably because they were guarding him, you know, a COVID six feet away. And at the, <laughs> the other time, Embiid was the one scoring. But at the same time, Embiid's always out or dribbling off his foot. Well, you know, like so, so th- there's issues everywhere. But if you ask me straight up, I think this is a Ben Simmons issue. But it's more of a fresh it, dude. This is such a Sam Darnold issue. This is such a Sam Darnold Jets issue to me, where I think he's going to strive anywhere he goes. He needs a fresh start. He's going to be pulling threes everywhere he goes, and I, I, he's going to be that three and D guy when you need him to. He's going to be the point guard when you need him to. I, I look forward to Ben Sim to, to the new Ben Simmons. He's not showing up the training camp. That's why we're bringing him up today. Daryl Morey wakes up and chooses violence on a daily basis. So he, he doesn't mind keeping him, you know, into day one and seeing what happens. I don't think he's going to do that though. I think that's the threat. I think that's just what he's playing in the media. So I'll throw it back to you, man, to, you know, to wrap, wrap this pot up. I, I, I know we, uh, I've been through it a couple times, but we're going to keep doing it until the Ben Simmons saga ends. I still, I think my hierarchy is number one Houston where Daryl Morey has to put his big boy pants on and talk to his ex-girlfriend because that's the best deal on the table. Or number two, I think it's the Warriors. I think he's perfect on the Warriors. Three, I'll give it to, I'll give it to the, the Timberwolves, but it's so unlikely because you can't get rid of D'Angelo Russell because you got to do the, the D'Angelo Russell and Cat and Ben Simmons. Those three would be nice. I just don't know how you would be able to do that, but that would be sick, dude. A-Rod... Uh, and Mark Lore by the by the Timberwolves and the Minnesota Lynx, and they you know make a blockbuster trade for Ben Simmons, and they keep Cat. That 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 would be a nice story. So th- that's my three, and I do I think he's gonna have a great year, regardless of where he ends up. If it's not the 76ers, he's gonna have Ben Simmons is gonna have a great year. So I'll toss it back to you. How do you think Ben Simmons is gonna do, and where do you think he's taking his talents to next year? I, so. I think he's going to be good, man. I don't think he'll be, I don't think he'll show that jumper quite just yet. I feel like he's going to, eh, he needs to, but I don't think it's going to happen. And here's my thing. Like, I know we're like piling on Ben Simmons, like, especially in the Twitter world, uh, and even just social media, like, this guy sucks, da, 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 da. Like, this guy can't hit a jumper, ba, 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 ba. <laughs> he's still, he's still a good player. He's still like, maybe, maybe he's not your, maybe he's not in a tier two. Maybe he's a tier three. At this point, because he doesn't take that jumper. Okay. Cause if you're in your tier two, I need you to be pushing me through the playoffs and getting me to some finals appearances. And he hasn't done that. And you got to be able to shoot. So maybe I'll bump him down to a tier three if you're asking me. Um, and I still think like he's, he's a defensive type player, man. Like he was in conversation for the defensive player of the year award. Like he's not a bad yeah, exactly, player. Exactly. You know yeah, what I mean? Like so he, he's, he's so an NBA all star. We're talking he's about a guy so who, good, like he's a good player. So let's not get that twisted. If we didn't have D Rose on this squad right now, I would be singing a way different tune, and you would be fighting with me. At the, at the exact actually, moment. I wouldn't. If D, if I D, wouldn't. I'm just saying, I would be like, we need Ben Simmons right now. If D Rose wasn't on this team, but or if Kemba, I, like th- those two together, that's fine. I don't, I don't want to ruin that. But I don't disagree. I mean, I would love him in the Garden. To be honest with you, oh, he'd be awesome. Like, look, yeah. he he'd be awesome in the Garden. But we have our point guard. Like situated, so like for yeah, now, yeah. like we got that we got the stopgap, so don't need to just add on. But 
I think, you know, if they could get him on Minnesota and somehow keep, if, I think it's impossible to keep D'Lo and Cat and have Ben Simmons. Exactly. I think if you, I think if you do that, you got to trade, uh, you got to trade Anthony Edwards. You got to trade. And you don't uh, want to do that. I don't think you want to do that, but you also got to trade, uh, what's Especially his name? for D'Angelo um, Russell, bro. Who the hell is going to choose Anthony Edwards over D'Angelo Russell because of Cat, Cat's feelings? That's tough. That's a, that's a really tough, uh, maneuver. Yeah. That's, um, that is a tough maneuver. Who was the other? Who was the other guy? He was on. He was on Denver. Small forward, wing. Why am I losing track of his name? Um, For the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Um, not Dang, right? No, not Dang. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, this is so annoying. I hate when I. This is why we have the, too many things <laughs> in your head, man. What's his name? Uh, Malik Beasley. Oh sure. Yeah, Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards, throwing some picks. Maybe that gets it done. Um, What's your top three? What's your top three? Top three teams? Yeah, that he's going to go to. I know you got the Kings number one. I think they just got, I think, honestly, you say Houston, like, Moore's got to go there. I think think Sacramento and Philly just really need to stop being jackasses and just get a deal done because it just makes way too much sense. It makes way too much sense out there. Okay. You both go. I wouldn't trade Fox. But you got, but you got to, like, I wouldn't trade Fox. If I'm the Kings, I would also be annoying and not trade Fox. I understand that, but I feel like just, just man, just, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. But you, there's so you got you got Davion Mitchell, you got Tyrese Halliburton, yeah. Like you it's got fun. so many things. You could still make it happen, but De'Aaron Fox. I mean, also at the same. But time, what's your trajectory? Fox, Fox Halliburton and Ben Simmons doesn't work. You're right. But like, what's your trajectory? Like, what what is your trajectory with all these players? Like, you just yeah. it makes yeah, no it sense. Work. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. just so make a decision, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if you like, De'Aaron Fox is going like De'Aaron Fox does not want to be in Sacramento. I don't. I'm not reporting that. I'm just <laughs> saying, look at the situation. Like, let's let's just stop and look at the situation right now. Sacramento, small town. You're always on the brink. You got Luke Walton. Sure, he's a cool yeah. guy. Don't you want to be on a playoff winning team? Or do you just want to be a player that's forgotten in the abyss of just many players are like, oh, yeah, he's good on a bad team. Can't really say anything, but he was good. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. we'll, we'll be watching more white chocolate highlights of like Darren Fox. Like, yo, he had blow by speed. That was really cool. Yo. And then that's it. Jason Williams. Jason Williams, yeah. bro. Um, so but that's three. what happens, man. That's what happens. That's what happens. When you, what if, when what you if just... Sacramento says no to Darren Fox? Where's Maury going, dude? And, and say he doesn't choose violence. If I'm, I mean, you got to look at Toronto. Like, try okay. to get Pascal oh, Siakam. It's not bad. Spicy P and wrap it around Spicy. there. So, yeah, know, Ben I've, Fleet and uh, and Ben Simmons action. Yeah, and I think you got to trade. Um, I think if you are getting Ben Simmons in Toronto, I think you got to trade Scotty Barnes too. So I think okay. Pascal and Scotty Barnes uh, give him a young player too to work with. So that's just my opinion on that. Um, I think Toronto would be good. Uh, man, I don't oh, see this. What's the third team? See, what's the third team? I know it's. I know this is going to be really problematic for some people out there. But uh-huh. I really see. I really see Portland just being an option because Ben Simmons does not, and it's not for Dame. It's for CJ. CJ. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if that that goes through the court of Dame approval. You need a big. Yeah, I don't, yeah you can't do that. But I mean, it's a bold. It's a bold take. Now, we have I six think, teams now. Now we have six teams. It's got to be one of them, <laughs> right? That has to be one of them. Like who? Like who else is out? Like Indiana's got a lot of depth that they want to trade. If they want to trade players, throw you into Miles Turner and Sabonis. If you get rid of Sabonis, nah, you, nah, you keep Sabonis. Maybe you throw you him keep like, Sabonis, Levert, and I think, Brogdon. 
Warren. You throw in TJ Warren. Try to get TJ Warren, Miles Turner. Maybe you throw in some draft picks. Picks. Yeah. A lot of draft picks. Yeah, no, you gotta give us some draft. I mean, they're stacked in Indiana, yeah. so like that's I like Indiana, man. They're my they're my dark horse. I hate that Carlisle's there. Like, just again, depend if they buy in. The Rockets though is definitely the best option for Ben Simmons because if Ben Simmons wants to be like Giannis Antetokounmpo, you have to. Dude, go to John Wall in Philly is nice. No one's talking that'd about that. That'd be fun. That'd be, that'd be, that'd fun. be, that'd be nice. fun. People are slacking on John Wall. I mean, I know like yeah. he's old, but like, and he hasn't played really well. But give the guy a chance. He, play, he, did, he, he played showed, well last year. He showed some flashes in Houston. Yeah. I think he still got something in the tank. Um, I think if you send him to Philly, he'll be re, uh, revitalized to start showing up. But I think if, if Ben wants to have that true, like Giannis experience, got to go to like a team like the Rockets where like it's your entire playground. Like you can truly be that guy. Um, because you can't go to an established team and then try to be the guy. You know what I mean? You can't go to the Warriors like, I'm Giannis now. It's like, <laughs> that's cute. We got Steph and Clay. That's funny. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so. But, John, I think that wraps it up. Uh, unless you got anything more to add on this uh, Knicks pod. And so let me just give you guys another reminder for the Madden MVP Elite MVP Edition giveaway. Please, if you want a copy of this, we have it both for Xbox and PlayStation, whether it's PS4, PS5, Xbox One, or Xbox Series X. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube. Make sure to follow us on one of our social media platforms. And then send an email or DM with a screenshot that you did so. And tell us which copy you want, whether it's PlayStation or Xbox. All right? Once again, that's follow us on YouTube. Follow us on one of our social media platforms. Send us uh, send us the description or send us, like, which game state, which play you want it on, whether it's Xbox or uh, PS4. PlayStation. Yep. PlayStation. Or, and just send yeah, us the DM and email. Nothing, man, just, you know, subscribe, hit the thumbs up for your boy, like CP says. Yeah, this and, is the last uh, week. After this, yeah. uh, there's no more Matt, there's no more Madden MVP. So this is your last chance, people. Make sure you get in on it. And then here's the call to action, everyone. Make sure <laughs> if you're watching this, the real call to action. If you're watching this on YouTube, please make sure to subscribe and give us a like and to hit that notification bell so you know when any of these episodes drop. On top of that, if you do not listen to listen to this on YouTube and you listen to this on your podcast Guess platform, what? Apple. It's okay. It's okay, but don't worry. We're not there yet. If you listen to us on Apple, make sure to give us that five-star review. Leave us a comment. If you don't listen to us on Apple, as John said, it is truly okay. Why? Because we're on Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Alexa, and Stitcher. And then last but not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. All right, everyone. We'll catch you later this week for a guest. We got a guest coming on for the next Jets episode to break down the Jets versus Broncos game. So make sure to tune in this Friday for the next Jets episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Let's go, Knicks.